Good evening, everyone, and thank you for coming to the City Club of the Mahoning Valley's April Views and Brews Forum. This session is now starting. So we have three wonderful panelists who will each be speaking from a different perspective about this very important issue um, that affects communities all throughout the state of Ohio, but particularly Youngstown and Mahoning County, and that is um, infant and maternal health. Um, we have with us Erica Clark, um, a community health worker from Mercy Health, uh, Michelle Edison, the program manager for the Pathways Community Hub at the Mahoning County District Board of Health, and Megan Klein from the Help Me Grow Healthy Families America Coach at the Mahoning County Educational Service Center. So my first uh, question is for all of you, if you would answer um, one at a time, is to briefly describe the goals of your program and your particular role within that program or organization to introduce what it is you're trying to accomplish and your role to make that happen here in Mahoning County. So I am with the Mahoney County Pathways Hub, and we are really here to connect women to a healthy pregnancy. Uh, in 2015, Mahoney County was awarded funding through the Ohio Commission on Minority Health to implement a Pathways Community Hub to really address infant mortality and birth outcomes. In 2012, Mahoney County was one of nine um, counties in the state that were identified as Ohio Equity Institute communities because of the huge disparity between um, black and non-Hispanic white infant mortality. And at that time, there were programs available that addressed um, components of health and wellness, but there was no one program that specifically looked at the barriers associated with reducing infant mortality. And so the county took that opportunity to really implement the hub model here. And our focus really is on addressing social determinants of health. We are an evidence-based, uh, peer-reviewed program that's nationally certified. And through the work of community health workers uh, with our care coordination agencies, we are able to identify and assess the risk factors that a woman might have in achieving a healthy birth outcome. And really, through those community health workers, they're able to connect her to the resources and services in the community that can help to address some of those needs. And so uh, with the hub, we're really about coordinating that care and acting as an umbrella organization for care coordination agencies so that we can work synergistically together so that we can reduce duplication of services and really use collectively the resources and services that we have to hopefully have an impact on those birth outcomes. And also through what we're doing, we're able to have a standardized approach to care coordination and addressing social determinants of health, a standardized method of data collection that allows us to really uh, look at the areas in our community that are doing well and some of those areas that may need some help where those gaps are and so that those areas can be addressed. 
whether it's through really uh, communicating with those providers, stakeholders in the community, again, just working collaboratively. Uh, sometimes it's through process changes, and sometimes it really takes a systems change or a policy change to address those efforts. So those are some of the things that we're doing at the Mahoning County Pathways Hub. Okay, I am Erica, and I work with Mercy Health Resource Mothers Program. Uh, we are a educational-based home visiting program, and we work with pregnant and parenting women. Um, we see women throughout their pregnancy, and then we also continue to see them after the birth of the baby until the child turns one years of age. Um, what we do in our program, the goal is to help our moms to have a healthy pregnancy and then also to make sure that their infant is healthy as well. So we stay with them for that year. Um, throughout their time in the program, we do monthly home visits with them. Um, we use the Partners for Healthy Baby Education uh, curriculum, and we talk about various things uh, from safe sleep, uh, car seat safety, breastfeeding. So we cover, we try to cover a range of issues and things that kind of contribute to them having a healthy pregnancy and, um, you know, having a healthy baby. Um, we also offer classes. We have... Um, a group class that we do for social support. We have a cooking class that we do as well to encourage healthy eating. So there's just a range of things that we try to do. We try to be their support system if we can. We make sure that we connect them to different resources within the community to address any needs that they may have and try to remove some of those barriers that would keep them from you know, having a healthy outcome. Uh, we also have a male community health worker that works with us, and he is there to help, um, you know, bring the, bring the fathers into the picture um, to help the mom and the dad to, you know, work together, um, you know, just to, again, achieve that goal of a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. So those are some of the things that, that we strive to do in our program. I'm Megan Klein. I'm from the Mahoning County Educational Service Center. And at the ESC, we have two evidence-based home visiting programs under our Help Me Grow umbrella. Um, so my role at the ESC in Help Me Grow is called the Healthy Families America Coach, which most people have no idea what that means. So basically, some of the things that I do um, at Help Me Grow, I have a lot of supervisory responsibilities, so I supervise some of the staff. I am a home visitor myself. I have a very small caseload, but I do go out and see families. And I'm responsible for a lot of quality assurance. Whenever you hear evidence-based, that means that, that means there needs to be a lot of data and documentation to support whatever that model is. So those are some of the things that I'm responsible for at the ESC. So under the Help Me Grow umbrella, we have two evidence-based home visiting programs, Healthy Families America, which is the program I directly work with, and a newer program, Nurse Family Partnership. So I'll talk a little bit about both of those. Both of those have that same goal, certainly to reduce infant and maternal mortality, um, but also parent education. If a mom wants to learn about toilet teaching, um, developmental milestones, we focus a lot on child development, and we have an evidence-based curriculum we use to go out with our families, um, provide handouts, activities, things they can do with their child, a lot of school readiness is what we focus on. 
So with the Healthy Families America model, um, we have about 12 home visitors. We're looking to hire actually a few more under the Healthy Families America program that go out on a weekly basis. Um, the HFA is what we call it for Healthy Families America. The guidelines is that a family is seen on a weekly basis for the first six months of the program. So the HFA model really believes in relationship building. So you can imagine when you're seeing a family on a weekly basis, you're certainly developing a relationship, and we feel that that makes you much more effective in addressing some of the things um, that we are focused on. So with our HFA model, um, we can enroll prenatally. We, we really like to get our moms prenatally because we feel like that's where we can make the most impact, up to the age of two. So those are the guidelines for our program. 200% um, of the poverty guideline, so we service a lot of low-income families, and they have to have a risk factor, so just one risk factor. That could be a teenage mom, that could be a child in the family with a diagnosed developmental delay, um, that could be an active military family, a uh, family that has users of tobacco products. So as long as they have one of those risk factors, we can service them. And with our nurse family partnership model, that is a newer um, program in Mahoning County as of July 1, 2018. And Nurse Family Partnership um, has been around for a while, but it is a program specifically for those areas in Ohio where infant mortality is the highest. So it only makes sense that we have that in Mahoning County. They've had it in Columbus, Cleveland, Toledo, a lot of those bigger areas. Um, but we have contracted for nurses through Akron Children's Hospital that go out and do a lot of the same things our Healthy Families America home visitors do, but just a much more medical-based approach. So um, right now we have four nurses that go out, and they're servicing those families, the moms that have higher-risk pregnancies. They have a medical-based curriculum that they use with the families on each home visit, and they provide medical support. So that could be, for example, um, checking the mom's fetal, the baby's fetal heart rate at each visit. That could be once the baby's born, having weight checks, things like that. But the eligibility requirements are much, much more slim than when with HFA. For the nurse family partnership model, um, the mom has to be pregnant with her first child and has to be 28 weeks gestation or less, which, as you can imagine, that's a very... Um, slim eligibility criteria. So we are excited to have both of those programs at the ESC and are really committed to reducing infant and maternal mortality. Thank you all for providing a, I think, a rather succinct overview of a lot of work. Um, I'm sure a 40-hour work week is not something that is common for all of you, addressing a problem as significant as this. Um, and this is a, uh, an issue that affects, you know, our, our community so, um, so much, and it's important to talk about it, especially um, it being April, which is Minority Health Month, um, and today is um, the eve of Black Maternal Health Week, so there's lots of national attention, you know, being put on um, these issues and health disparities. And in the description for this event, I think it's um, worth reiterating um, the issue of infant mortality is, you know, as many, several of you have mentioned, you know, the infant mortality rates in Mahoning County are among, you know, some of the worst, not just in Ohio, but in the nation. Um, and beyond just access to health care, other issues like socioeconomic factors and structural racism come into play. Um, in the description for tonight's event, it was mentioned that black infants in America are now more than twice as likely to die than white infants, 11.3 per 1,000 babies born. 
um, if you were a black baby versus 4.9 per 1,000 babies if you were a white baby. So this question is specifically for Michelle and Megan, you know, working so closely on programs that oversee um, so much direct uh, work with mothers and families. How do you know, um, with all of the various programs and coordination efforts that you're working on, how do you know that these are working, especially when considering how to reduce racial disparities? No, that's a really great question. Um, In 2017, in Mahoning County, a black baby was five times more likely to not reach his first birthday than a white baby. So that's a huge disparity and something that really needs to be addressed. What we are doing with the Certified Pathways Community Hub is connecting people to the resources and services in the community by using people from the community that act as a bridge to those services. And I'm talking about community health workers. Many of those CHWs that work with our care coordination agencies, and Erica is one of them, we work with resource mothers as one of our agencies that we uh, contract with. They are from the community that, of the people that they're serving. A lot of them have shared experiences with their moms. They understand the struggles that they're going through. And so they're better able to connect with them and to help be that link to them and the resources in the community. We understand that access is very challenging. When we look at um, our clients, We have clients that uh, 80% of our clients report income levels of less than $15,000 per year. Many of our clients, one out of every three, reports having insufficient transportation or no transportation at all. So we know that makes it very difficult to get to a prenatal appointment. And so it's crucial for that community health worker to understand those barriers that the client is really dealing with and the factors behind those barriers to understand some of those cultural issues that the client uh, is expressing and what shapes them and what shapes their values so that that can be used to come up with a succinct and careful plan to address those needs. And so as we are working together collectively with all of our care coordination agencies from Resource Mothers, Alta Care, Akron Children's Hospital, uh, Moms and Babies First, MyCap, all of those community health workers working together, uh, sharing information, sharing experiences, sharing ideas, so that we can make decisions together to address issues together uh, for the good of the community. And so I think what we really focus on is those social determinants of health, understanding that if a mom doesn't have a safe place to live, if she doesn't have transportation, if she's dealing with mental health issues, that that's going to cause stress in the pregnancy and make it really difficult for her to have a healthy pregnancy. And so we want to make sure that we are addressing that collectively as a community. And so what we do doesn't just stay within the hub, but we're developing a dynamic network of care. So we're working with those partners in the community so that, again, uh, we can see how together we can make changes, how we can remove barriers that clients may have to accessing resources, some of the challenges that they have. And that's one of the things that we're doing to address 
um, infant mortality, and poor birth outcomes in Mahoning County. So for our programs under the Help Me Grow umbrella, they're both very data-driven because, again, they're evidence-based. We have to prove that uh, um, and provide evidence on why our home visiting programs work. Um, so certainly everything Michelle said, I absolutely agree with, and things that we work on on, on our Help Me Grow programs as well. Um, because they are very data-driven, there's certain reports and information I have to pull from our database system. So every time a home visitor goes out to a home visit, they're coming back to the office or the library, where have you, um, and putting that information, what they did on the visit, if they did different assessments into a database system. And I can directly pull that from our database system. Um, there's different spreadsheets that I'm responsible for on a monthly quarterly and yearly basis, which is really helpful to determine the success of our program. So for example, some of the assessments our home visitors and nurses do is what is called an Edinburgh postnatal depression screening. Um, we just called it Edinburgh for short. And that measures anxiety and depression with a mom. And we do it prenatally and postnatally and yearly and then as needed. If a home visitor is determining there might be a suspicion that there's some anxiety and depression, then the home visitor goes ahead, does it. Um, so I am able to pull the results from that database system by race, which is a really a great thing. So that gives us a really good idea of, okay, how successful are we? Are our home visitors, are our nurses making those appropriate referrals to counseling? Um, to a doctor anywhere in the community that can help address anxiety and depression for that mom. So a lot of the information I get from the database system helps us to measure what our success is. We also hold monthly staff meetings where we go over all of these results that we get from our OKIDS database system and talk with our staff, get their input, because they're the, really the ones that are going out and seeing these families. So it's really helpful to get that feedback from them um, to be able to measure what our success is in the community. Since the hub's inception, um, we have continuously had improved uh, low birth weight rates and uh, preterm rates for our African-American clients when compared to the county. We have consistently enrolled um, a high percentage of African-American clients, understanding that that's where the disparity uh, primarily lies. So for the almost 800 women that we've enrolled since we started in 2016, over 75% have been African-American. And since the inception of the hub, African-American infant mortality rates in Mahoney County have been reduced by 28.6%. Infant mortality overall has been reduced by 42%. And we've seen an increase in full-term births of 47.6% in the county since the inception of the hub. So we're really excited to be a part of this movement and a part of the work that's being done to address infant mortality. It's actually a really good segue. I was going to move to thinking about you know some of the... Um, positive outcomes of the work so far and really focusing on um, those that are at the center of this conversation about infant mortality, which are, of course, the moms and the babies. So this is a question for you, Erica, since you're working directly as a community health worker. Can you share with us one of your most heartwarming moments where you have seen the light bulb, you have seen the success in one of your clients? 
Um, you know, working, working with the, our moms, um, there's a lot of heartwarming stories that, um, you know, that we are able to see. But I think one in particular um, was a mom who was older in age, and she was considered uh, high risk. Um, because of her age, and then also she had uh, a medical issue that she was dealing with, and um, she's here alone because she um, is um, not, she was not born here, so she was here, and she and her husband, I, I should say, were here alone. So her husband uh, works, but he was disabled, so she was having a lot of issues um, with um, you know, getting support from family and friends. She felt like she was alone. Um, she was stressed out. Um, she was worried that the baby would be born early. So just going to talk to her um, to give her the education that she needed, um, also to give her that support just to be the ear sometimes so that she could talk and I would just listen, um, you know, and then offer, you know, advice and help. Um, and resources for her. Um, it was a really good thing when she was able to, eventually she ended up being put on bed rest, um, and it was difficult for her to actually adhere to you know, the bed rest because, again, she's here alone with her husband who's disabled. So there were a lot of things that she um, you know, was working through and was dealing with, but um, you know, through... Uh, you know, I feel the educational home visits, um, the resources that we were able to connect her with. She was able to have her baby, and the baby was born full term um, at 39 weeks. The birth went well, the labor was well, um, and the baby is healthy and happy. So it's really nice. Yeah, it's really nice. You know, and again, I, story after story, but, um, you know, it was just really good for us to be able to be there for her, to be her support, because without our program, you know, I don't know what she would have done. So, so we are um, coming up to the end of the first half hour. Um, so wanting to get your perspective on um, the fact that Governor DeWine has made improving infant vitality a priority of his administration and has created a task force specifically to achieve this goal. Um, so for any of you but, you know, Megan and Ms. Jell, since you have that programmatic viewpoint, what public policies or investments are most needed based on your experiences to really continue the work that has been started by your programs here in the Valley? I'll go ahead. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I'm very excited about Governor DeWine's proposal. I can't tell you how exciting it is to finally have a um, public official in place that really believes in home visiting um, and supports our infant mortality efforts. Um, one of the things for me is just really more of a focus of programs working together because we're all here for the same thing. We're here to help these women, these families, these children. Um, so for me, I'm very excited about everything that he is proposing, but what I really hope he has more of a focus on um, is helping the programs that are in place work better together because that is the only way that we will reduce infant and maternal mortality. Great, and I, I really appreciate what Megan said about working together because obviously 
um, collectively, that's how we can really address this issue. You know, it takes a village to raise a child, and it also takes a village to get a child to its first birthday. And so when we look at it on the ground level, it's going to take all of our efforts to really improve our infant mortality rates, to really see that vitality happen in our um, young Ohioans, our young Mahoning County uh, residents. Uh, we had the opportunity today to share with um, our legislators about the work that the community pathways hubs are doing to uh, reduce infant mortality. Uh, we've been uh, so fortunate to have been supported throughout the state by the Ohio Commission on Minority Health, a state uh, department who, who really has taken on the mantle of um, improving birth outcomes for um, for our state and for African-American babies because the disparity is so great. Uh, so if we continue in, in, in that regard, through the commission, through the support from the state, but also definitely locally uh, with each one of us doing what we can to help improve infant mortality. I always talk to the community health workers about participating on committees and councils and uh, town hall meetings and wherever they can uh, share the voice of our clients and of our youth, of our infants to the community so that more people are aware of what this issue is and that we all can do something to help. Um, you know, you don't have to run a community pathways hub. Uh, you can just go to a meeting and, and find out how you can play a role in improving the health of our community. Erica, do you have anything to add, especially in your work, thinking, you know, what could the state do to um, help you um, have more of those success stories? Is there any additional resources or things that you think would really help push things to that next level? Um, I guess, I mean, I guess um, some, I think access maybe to, to care sometimes um, is an issue for, for some of the moms that we work with. Um, they are not always able to um, see a doctor for various reasons. Um, so I think maybe if, you know, there was more accessibility, you know, to providers, um, that that would be helpful. So. Great, thank you. Um, and you touched on this, uh, Michelle, you said a couple of times, I, I think, though a cliche, it is true, you know, it takes a village um, to raise a child and see them successfully to their first birthday um, and to grow up and to thrive. So how can all of us sitting here today, um, as individuals, as communities within our networks, what can we do to really um, help continue the work of your programs. Um, what call to action do you have for the audience that's here tonight? And this is a question for the entire panel. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think it's, it's what we all want, right? We all want to see our communities thrive. We all want everyone to be healthy. And I think um, we can do that in a lot of different ways. Uh, sometimes it's just 
you know, me having my son go out and shovel the snow off the sidewalk so that if somebody walks by, they won't slip and fall, right? Um, Sometimes it's going to the school to volunteer so that the students can see um, another uh, mentor or another uh, positive figure in their lives. You know, it's those things. It may not necessarily be that you're working directly with uh, pregnant women or infants, but everyone can play a role in improving the health of our community. So I would uh, hope that everyone would take opportunities, even within your own community. How can you uh, assist and support the efforts that are going on? Maybe it's um, cleaning a park area. Maybe it's helping to um, helping a neighbor clean up their home. All of those efforts really support infant mortality. And, and just telling someone about what you heard today having those conversations, not letting it just end here, but making sure that, hey, you know, did you know that in 2017, a black infant was five times more likely to not reach its first birthday than a white infant? That's huge. Some people have not heard that information before. And definitely feel free to call the Mahoney County Pathways Hub if you'd like to um, learn more about how you can help us as we help those who could use our services. I, um, I agree with Michelle. Um, definitely education, just being aware that there is a problem. Um, a lot of people are not aware, so making yourselves aware um, is, a, is a good place to start. And then I also think just being a support person to someone, you know, some people just need support. And it could be simple. It could be offering them you know, a ride to their doctor's appointment. It could be talking to them about the things that they have going on in their lives. Just, you know, be a support person um, and then refer them to different resources in the community. So if you know, you know, that a mom or a woman is struggling with a specific issue, say, hey, I know of this place and maybe, you know, that they would be helpful for you. So I think that those are some things that, you know, the community could do. I agree with both of them on everything they said. Um, To me, one of the most important things is that you are all here tonight. Um, And to me, I appreciate that so much because you really care. It shows that you care and want to be more educated about this very, very real issue. Um, As far as individuals and communities go, um, just making yourself more educated about this issue. Michelle, I appreciated you gave actual statistics about what the infant mortality rates are. I think that's important for you to know. Uh, As well as be educated and educate others, educate your friends, family, about things like birth spacing. um, Because that is a very real problem in our county is that that um, space of time in between pregnancies I can't tell you how many um, pregnancies we've seen in our Help Me Grow program that a mom delivers and then she's pregnant within just a few months. Um, And we talk about birth space and we talk about birth control, um, but obviously there's still a need of something that we need to be doing better in that area. As well as safe sleep, um, that is a very real issue in terms of infant mortality. So just being educated about what safe sleep is, the ABCs of sleep, babies should be sleeping on their back in a naked crib, all of that is really important to be educating other people. And one thing I want to mention, too, in our county, we are so lucky because we have a very home-visiting rich county. We have so many great programs to service these moms, families, and babies in our county. We are very lucky to have that. 
Um, so even if a mom isn't connected with our Help Me Grow programs, I hope that she's connected with resource moms. She's connected with a program and hub, uh, something that is there to support her and help her. So that uh, I just want to make sure that uh, everyone here knows the resources that are available out there for these families. Well, let's thank our panelists for a really great enlightening discussion. I really appreciate the balance of statistics and stories. I think you need both if we're going to really see the kind of impact that we need to see. So thank you all for sharing a little bit about what you do on your day-to-day. So now I think we are open for questions. So if any of you in the audience have questions, please make your way to the microphone. I'm Pat Sweeney from the Mahoney County Health Department. And in this resource-deprived era, even though we have a governor who has dedicated additional funding to infant vitality, and I think we have to be extraordinarily careful about how we spend those funds and that they are based in programs that have demonstrated outcomes And so I wanted to hear, particularly as it relates to African-American outcomes, how the various programs that you're all working with are impacting Mahoning County. Very good question. Mm -hmm. Well, I um, agree that that there needs to be programs given funds that have demonstrated outcomes, absolutely, 100% agree. So for our programs, what you should know about um, the Help Me Grow programs, NFP and HFA, is that we serve all races. So anyone that shows interest in being serviced by a home visitor or nurse in our programs, they get serviced. So whether that be a white family, black family, Hispanic, we even have Arabic families in our program. Um, But we thankfully have our database system that helps us show a lot of um, the demonstrated outcomes that we have for our black families in in, um, general. So whether that be um, looking at demographic factors um, in a certain area of the county, I can look up what uh, our black families scored on a safe sleep assessment. I can look up for an environmental safety checklist because we know safety is a big issue for all of our families in Mahoning County. Um, So we want to make sure that our black families in particular are educated about that, that they're educated about birth spacing. So the nice thing is that I'm able to pull data from our database system that helps show and demonstrate those outcomes. Um, One way in our program that we measure success is through, and Michelle mentioned it, is through the um, birth weights um, and... um, you know, the goal of the program is to help moms have a healthy pregnancy. Um, infants that are born premature have an increased risk of dying before their first birthday. So if we're able to keep track of and make sure that we are giving the resources and, you know, the support to those moms so they're able to have a healthy pregnancy so they can carry term babies, um, you know, we use that as one of the measures, you know, uh, do we have preterm babies? What was the birth weight? That type of thing. That's one of the measures that we use. And again, for us, uh, we understand that we don't want any infants to be lost, but we know that the disparity is greatest with African Americans. Uh, we've consistently seen our infant mortality rates 
decrease, which is a good thing, but we've seen the disparity, so the gap between black and white infant mortality increase. And so we've made a concerted effort to ensure that we are outreaching, uh, canvassing, looking for, finding, seeking um, African-American moms so that the majority of our clients are African-American, they are in need, they are at risk, so that we can have a significant impact on those birth outcomes. So again, through those community health workers that are from the community, they are trusted messengers to the community, they are those first-line public health workers, they are a, a huge way that we are able to recruit moms to our program. Um, through family, friends. So we we really want to make sure that we are focused on the ultimate goal, and that's obviously reducing infant mortality overall, but specifically African-American infant mortality. Thank you. Other questions? Thank you. You mentioned earlier several times talking about social determinants of health, and you also mentioned the issue of insufficient or lack of transportation. Could you speak a little bit to how you address that and what would be most useful in terms of a solution around transportation? Excellent question. All right, so for me, this is such a struggle. Um, One of the things that I loved about the HUB program is that you had that transportation aspect. I've always believed, ever since I started as a home visitor five years ago, this is one of the biggest issues for families in this community, is a lack of transportation. Um, So for us right now, and Help Me Grow, what we do is really make them aware, first of all, the bus route. We do, um, we're, we're lucky to be able to fund to purchase bus passes for our families. And we give them to them if there's really a need for them. So, for example, if they're going to their doctors or going to their postpartum visit, taking baby to the doctor, going to pregnancy help center, anything like that, um, they have a demonstrated need, we, a home visitor or nurse will provide that for them. Um, a lot of moms, especially lately, are not really aware that they have transportation through their medical card. So that's another thing that I, we really do try to stress with our families. Um, those are, I would say, the two main things that we are trying to uh, stress to our families right now in terms of transportation. I would love to see a program in our county that um, has public transportation for everyone. Um, I don't know if that's a pipe dream, but that is something that I would absolutely positively love to see. Um, in our program, we are actually... Uh, I'll say blessed to be able to offer transportation to our moms. Um, We have two vehicles and we are able to take them to their doctor's appointments. We're able to take them to those social service appointments if they need to go to WIC, um, you know, just different, different places, you know, the, the, the things that the places that they need to go. Um, in order, you know, to make sure that they're having a healthy pregnancy and that they're getting the things that they need. So um, transportation is, is, a, is a major problem, um, and it was definitely great when we had the transportation through the hub. 
Um, we no longer have it. So it's a struggle, you know. Um, again, we only have two vehicles, so we try to do as much as we can for our moms, but we can't always make it. So we do encourage them to use the transportation through their insurance company and things of that nature. And um, I think another um, issue in our area is housing. Uh, definitely a lack of, of housing, affordable housing. Um, just one of those things that uh, is an issue. You know, the Health Policy Institute of Ohio identified housing and transportation of two of the uh, main risk factors for poor health outcomes, poor birth outcomes, and those things across the state really need to be addressed. Uh, I think it really is going to take a more permanent uh, solution to this issue if we're talking about transportation and other social determinants of health. There's a lot of um, short-term solutions. There's a lot of different ways that people can sometimes gain access to transportation, as we stated, uh, through, um, again, through the uh, My Babies First Infant Mortality Coalition, through funding from the Ohio Department of Medicaid, we had a transport on-demand transportation program for our clients that took them to the places that they needed to get to, not just their medical appointments, but those things that really help to improve their long-term outcomes. We hope to be able to offer that program again. But again, long-term solutions, and I think by having these conversations with those stakeholders and those partners that really can play a significant role in addressing transportation, that's one of the ways that we're going to be able to solve it. It's the same thing with housing. And so, again, I go back to us working together by all of us here understanding that transportation is an issue and we can have those conversations when we go back to our neighborhoods to where we work, to our friends, to our associates, we can come up with a, a long-term solution, a permanent solution that can really help um, not just the moms in our programs, but our community as a whole. Great, wonderful answer. Any other questions? Yes. Um, this might be a little off the uh, subject, but I'm very concerned about... Um, the um, current climate regarding immigrants. Have you seen cases, or is there any statistics that might show that uh, people who have questions about their documentation are avoiding going to the doctors at all during pregnancy? I can't say in our program that's something that we've seen, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I, I couldn't speak in specifics, but I mean, I, I do know that, um, you know, it is an issue. We, we um, even outside of immigrants, we have Spanish-speaking, you know, um, clients that we serve. We, we have a Hispanic resource mother who is able to work with those clients, um, but I'm not really, can't really speak specifically about, you know, immigrant issues related to that. And I think, again, just our goal uh, with the Hub is to really address those barriers and challenges that any mom that would be enrolled in our program is having. So connecting that mom uh, to resources and services in the community that can really address her needs, that can really help her to achieve her goals, to really help her to have a healthy pregnancy, and to support the, the health and needs of the family. That's really our goal for all of our clients. Um, just wanted to see if you guys could 
talk a little bit more about how uh, clients get access to this in the first place, whether it's a referral system, if there's some sort of um, open invitation or how you guys go about that. And I guess a follow-on to that would be um, of the, the clients that you reach out to or people that you talk to, um, what sort of barriers do you guys face from the clients themselves or potential clients? That's a really great question. Thank you so much for that. Um, I know for the Hub, we uh, take referrals pretty much any way we can get them. You know, we get referrals, direct referrals from our partner agencies, uh, uh, several of our partner agencies in their intake process include the hub referral. So if a, a client or potential eligible woman comes in, they know that she's pregnant, they refer her directly to the hub, and that's filling out a simple referral form, faxing it over, uh, emailing it. A lot of times we get phone calls. We may get phone calls directly from people who are interested in the program. We get referrals from uh, current and previous clients. Uh, we get referrals from community members. We're also doing a lot of outreach. As I said earlier, our community health workers are so connected to the community and different facets and components of the community. We have community health workers that are connected to uh, provider offices, so they have relationships there, and so they may get the referral that way. Uh, we have community health workers that are in the neighborhoods. We have some that will see a person on the street and roll right up on them and say, hey, this is the program that I'm a part of. Do you know anyone who could use this type of program? Um, we have special events. We participate in events with our partners in the community uh, to educate about what we're doing. And so we, we try to get the word out um, through a lot of different methods uh, so that as many people who can can participate in it. And I think as we have over the, the three years that the Hub has been in existence, we've really built a reputation of being um, a program that really cares about its clients. Again, we're working with all of these care coordination agencies who have, are doing amazing work and really helping clients to achieve their personal goals. And I think that says a lot about the program. Uh, when we do our you know, client satisfaction, so many of them talk about um, how grateful they are to have that community health worker in their life and how helpful the program has been for them. And so I think that that goes a long way in our recruitment of um, eligible women. I agree with Michelle. Same thing. Um, you know, referrals can come from anywhere. Um, they can... Be, uh, clients can be referred directly to the, the agencies. Uh, it can be referred to the hub. So I think, um, you know, as long as a, an effort is made to refer the client somewhere, you know, that that's a good thing. Um, I think a, a barrier is support for a lot of our moms. Um, you know, sometimes you are just the only positive person in their lives. And, you know, you, you begin to realize that once you, once you start doing this job and you're working with them, you know, directly on a regular basis. So just being um, supportive, as I had mentioned earlier, that can go a long way, um, you know, for the women that we serve. So I agree with everything that both of them said. Uh, Mahoney County Educational Service Center was awarded last year the central um, intake system 
for our region of Ohio, which is about nine or ten counties. So um, any referrals that come for the NFP or HFA programs, um, as well as Healthy Moms, Healthy Babies, comes to our intake system at the Mahoning County Educational Service Center. So we're really grateful to have that. So anyone can make a referral to Help Me Grow. So they can refer themselves. Um, any of you could refer a mom to our program. We get a lot of referrals from the hospitals. We get them um, from WIC, just anywhere in the community, any, any resource, pregnancy help center. So lots of different places in the community is where we're, we're grateful to get referrals from. Um, in regards to the barrier question that you said, and I think this is not just with Help Me Grow, it's probably with most home visiting programs, is really just getting into the home. There sometimes is a negative connotation with home visiting. Um, some, some people don't want someone in their home. What are you doing in your home? Are you children's services? There's so many negative things with that. Uh, and one of the nice things about our evidence-based model is about that relationship building. So a lot of the times, once we get in that home for that first home visit, we're there to stay, and we're hopefully going to stay for a few years of that child's life. Hi. Um, thank you all for being here. I do have a question. Um, being that we no longer have a maternity ward in the city of Youngstown at Mercy Health, do you find that to be a problem? And the miles is approximately seven and a half miles from the Belmont Hospital up to Boardman for the maternity ward. And you guys are talking about transportation and getting... So if a single mother, young minority is pregnant and goes into labor and has this baby and the family, it's on a weekend, and the family can't be with her because maybe she went by ambulance and they have no transportation. Do any of your organizations step in so that her family can get up to Boardman? Because this in itself in the city of not having a maternity ward making people that live in the city now go out to the suburbs pretty far away. We don't have bus service on Sunday in the city, so... It's kind of, that's like a bad thing for the city. So do any of your organizations offer that kind of transportation for the families? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that question. Um, so for us, we are very lucky. We have funds that we can um, purchase a taxi or any other service. We are not allowed, unfortunately, to transport under the Help Me Grow program. Um, personally, like our home visitors or nurses wouldn't be allowed to transport a client, but we would be able to purchase a taxi or other um, public service system to get them there if there was a situation like that. Thankfully, we have not come across that, knock on wood. Um, though we are able to transport our clients, we are not able to transport family members. Um, and so, unfortunately, it does happen that sometimes you have women who are going through labor alone. Um, if, you know, it's, it's a day where it's during work hours and we have a mom who's in labor, you know, we will go up to the hospital and we will sit with them. If they want someone up there with them, you know, we'll go up there and we will sit with them um, during that time. But we don't have a way to transport the family there, you know, their support. So... I think that that's unfortunate. That would actually be a good, you know, a good thing to try to try to do. You know, it's really unfortunate that we even have to have this conversation. 
right? That we have to talk about a woman going into labor and possibly not even having a way to get to the hospital or not having someone there with her. I mean, it's really unfortunate that that occurs today. So that's one of the reasons why it's so important, the role of that community health worker in that client's life to understand what her needs and barriers are and to help that client to come up with a care plan, to, to come up with how are we going to address this if this should happen, to start thinking about and planning for. Now, I know we can't plan for everything, and we've already said that transportation is a huge issue. We've already said that we did have a very successful transportation program that, yes, allowed us to even transport a mom from her doctor's appointment to the hospital to deliver her healthy weight full-term baby. And yes, that transportation took her back home when it was time for her to be discharged. Those are things that the community can solve together. The fact that we're having this conversation lets me know that we as a community can really address this so that we don't have to have this same conversation year after year and wondering why a mom has to be challenged if she goes into labor on a weekend because she might not possibly have a way to get to the hospital. I think we have time for maybe one more question. I don't want to take over somebody else's time if somebody else has a question. Okay. (laughs) So then my last question would be, again, in this vein of cost and trying to figure out how you best spend limited resources in this state. What kind of data do we have about cost effectiveness or return on investment for these various programs? Because that should be driving what we're doing as a state. The cost and the benefit of what you're providing. Thank you. Megan and Michelle, this sounds like a question for you. So uh, that's a great question. Um, You know, obviously, we want to save babies' lives. We want to help families to reach their potential. But we also want to save the community and the state money. And um, one of the really encouraging things about the Community Pathways Hub is that uh, Buckeye Health System did a retrospective study of the hub in Toledo. It's the largest hub in the nation. And uh, they did a study of over uh, 3,500 women who had delivered. And they found a return on investment of 236% for women who were enrolled in the hub compared to women who weren't. And they also found that women who were not enrolled in the hub were 1.55 times more likely to have uh, poor birth outcomes. And so... Just by that, that shows that when you really find women that are the most at risk for poor birth outcomes and infant mortality, when you systematically and strategically address their unique barriers and challenges through the evidence-based model that we call Pathways, and by really uh, assessing the success and the quality of that program through uh, data collection and data analysis, that you can really have a significant impact on the lives of women, on the lives of infants, and on outcomes for our families. 
the Help Me Grow program, I don't want to speak too much because I'm not an administrator and I'm not responsible in that funding aspect, um, but I absolutely agree with Michelle. Making sure that it is an evidence-based model and you have data to back up your program is the most important thing. So making sure you have the data that shows that you have low birth outcomes, that you're addressing needs such as referring to mom to counseling, referring mom um, to purchase electrical outlets, smoke detectors, what have you, if there's safety concerns in the home. Just making sure you're addressing those barriers. Transportation is certainly for that. So all of those things are um, things we definitely want to be looking at when we're talking about evidence-based programs and funding. We have a couple more minutes, so I'll ask an easy one um, to close us out and to get us thinking about the future. So if we were to have this forum again next April for Minority Health Month, what message would you want to be able to share to demonstrate that there has been success from today until one year from now? I think transportation would be a great place to start. Um, yeah, transportation, for sure. Any differing opinions? Uh, well, I certainly agree. Transportation. Um, I hope just better access to quality medical care as well. You know, I agree with whoever it was that talked about the closure of Northside. Certainly, we've seen the Help Me Program, Help Me Grow program, how it has affected our families negatively. So I'm hopeful that something will, positive will come about, um, better quality access to, to health care and better, better birth outcomes. And, you know, I would love to see uh, more community health workers in the field. I would love to see um, us see our rates continue to uh, decrease in infant mortality, our healthy birth weight rates to continue to improve and to continue to address those social determinants of health that are really um, impacting our moms, our families, and our community. Well, on that note, we'll have some sort of forum maybe next year where we can report, hopefully, positive outcomes on all of these things concerning racial disparities, closing that gap, addressing the transportation issue, finding ways for better health care and continuing to do all the incredible work that the community health workers do, maybe in greater numbers, for all of the moms and families in Mahoning County. So thank all of you again for your incredible work, for your continued dedication to this issue and to the moms and families of Mahoning County, and for sharing a little bit about what you do with all of us tonight. We really appreciate it. And with that, this forum is now closed. Thank you all for coming out tonight. <laughs>